I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Have you registered for the Summer of Self-Love Challenge yet? If not, please get registered today. We start on Monday, July 31st, and it runs through that week, August 4th. And I'm just so excited about it. How it's going to work is that I'm going to send you an email every single day It's going to have a short coaching video, just a few minutes, going further on the day's challenge and topic. And then there are going to be daily challenges for you to nourish your nervous system, grow in your self-love, self-care, and self-compassion. I'm believing that summer is such a powerful time for us to do a little reset before all of the chaos of fall and the holidays um, come to pass. And this isn't going to be the type of self-care that we usually think of when we think of self-care, but we're really going to use this week to expand our paradigm around the ways in which we can love and care for ourselves. So then we can turn around and also love and care for the people that we love and care for so much um, and that we can do it better. So please join me. We're starting on Monday. You can register. It's absolutely free at the link below in the show notes. I will see you there. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. 
If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Hey, hey, you guys, it's Michelle here, your master coach. Welcome to the Calm Mom podcast. So grateful you're with us today. We're going to be talking about sleep. But before we get into it, if you haven't signed up for the Summer of Self-Love Challenge yet, we start on Monday. So it's just a couple of days away and I want you to be a part of it. It's going to be awesome. I have been preparing all week, um, recording videos for you guys, setting up the challenge, and I can't wait for you all to be a part of it. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever done here on the Calm Mom podcast. It's going to be an opportunity for all of you and all of us to gather collectively and go through these five days of exercises and coaching and challenges and really just be intentional about creating space to take care of ourselves in ways that maybe don't seem obvious, right? I had a um, job, I guess a few years ago, that I left for a number of reasons, um, one of which because it didn't feel healthy. It just felt kind of toxic. And I was telling one of my other friends about it, and she's like, man, that is one of the most powerful forms of self-care I've heard of. And it hadn't really occurred to me that leaving a job or leaving that job had been a form of self-care, but she was so true. And that's really what my hope and my vision is through these five days next week is that each of us has this aha moment of like, oh yeah, when I do this, this actually is self-care, right? It's not just going to get a mani-pedi or massage or all of those things that are awesome, but it's so much more. It's things that we can do in our daily practice. It's mindset work. Um, it's taking care of our nervous system at the deepest level. So join me, join me, join me for the Summer of Self-Love Challenge. You can register at the link in the show notes. Okay, let's talk about sleep. For me, I went through this season a few years ago where I was really struggling to sleep, you guys. Like obviously when my kids were really little, I was not getting a lot of sleep. Like any new parent, you guys probably remember that or you have some sort of blackout amnesia from that period of your life. But we all know new parents don't get a ton of sleep. But at this point, my kids were a little older. They were sleeping through the night and gee, I just could not sleep. And maybe your sleep story sounds similar to mine. Maybe it's showing up a little differently. But either way, this is some coaching today specifically on when it's like the worries or the racing thoughts or like the stress that's keeping us up at night. So for me, like I was always able to fall asleep. Like I had a nighttime routine. I would read maybe 20, 30 minutes and I would pass out and I would be gone, right? I'm out, no problem. But then man, oh man, at like 2, 2.30 a.m., like freaking clockwork, I was up. I was up and my brain was ready. Like my mind was racing. I could not fall back asleep for the life of me. And any of you who have shared that experience, you know how frustrating it is to just lay there and stare at the ceiling and toss and turn and watch the numbers on the clock tick forward. And my anxiety is just like building about how little sleep I'm getting and how tired I'm going to be the next day. And it's this nasty spiral. And before I get into these four things not to do if stress is keeping you up at night, I do want to just drop a little disclaimer. Like I'm obviously not a sleep expert. I understand that there are many different causes of sleep disruption, health conditions, physical pain, maybe keeping you awake at night, different sleep disorders. 
I'm not really going to speak to any of that, but what I want to speak to is how stress, anxiety, racing thoughts impact our nervous system to keep us awake when we should be sleeping. So if you've had that experience, you're falling asleep and you're waking up and the thoughts are racing, you can't fall back asleep, or you're even having trouble falling asleep because you're worrying or you have these looping thoughts, um, I want to go through four things not to do. So if you're having trouble sleeping because of stress, do not do these things. The first thing is that a good night's sleep really starts the day before. So what not to do? Do not wake up and lay in your bed in the dark for hours and get up in a dark house and start your dark routine and then finally get some sunlight midway through the day. That will certainly mess up your body's circadian rhythm. Our body has all sorts of receptors, right? All over, obviously our eyes, but also within our skin that can sense light. And our body is wired that when it senses bright light, sunlight, okay, this is daytime, bam, this is part of the circadian rhythm where we are up and thinking and about and experiencing life, right? It is daytime. So I think the studies say to try to get sunlight within or light within um, 10 minutes of waking And I've been trying to do that and it's made a difference, you guys. So maybe you wake up before the sun comes up. I get that. I do the same thing. But I try to make sure that when I wake up, I'm not laying in bed um, for an extended period of time. I'm not staying in total darkness for an extended period of time. When I get up, I am turning on the lights through the house. I am. Maybe you have like um, a ring light or one of those lights for like seasonal affective disorder that you can use. But get yourself some light early in the day, right? Soon after waking up to get that circadian rhythm kicked off. So your body can start to get a better rhythm of, okay, it's morning. This is what we do during the daytime. Okay. Now we're in the rhythm of, of evening. This is, it feels, you know, it's dimmer. It's darker. This is what we do in the, in the, um, at night. So that's number one, make sure that you're getting some sunlight within a few minutes of waking or some light, some sort of light. The second, Caffeine and alcohol. Let's talk about it. When we sleep, we want to be in as deep of a parasympathetic state as we can, right? We want our nervous system to be calm, safe, regulated. When our nervous system feels safe, it can shut off, right? It can rest. It doesn't need to be on alert. It doesn't need to be scanning for dangers or perceived threats. It just feels safe and it can rest. And when our nervous system can rest, the rest of us can rest. And guys, here's the truth. Caffeine and alcohol prevent our bodies from reaching that peak parasympathetic state, i.e. they cause dysregulation in our nervous system. And a dysregulated nervous system is not conducive to rest, right? A, A dysregulated nervous system is in a stress response. It's scanning for stress. It's scanning for dangers. It's scanning for threats. It's activated, right? It's preparing your body to mobilize. It's preparing you for fight or flight. You're experiencing anxiety. You're experiencing those racing thoughts because you're in a stress response. So keep your caffeine in check, right? We've all had too much caffeine. We know the impact that it has on our body. If we're struggling with anxiety, if we're struggling with, you know, racing 
heart or racing thoughts or all of these things that are not conducive to sleep, just be smart about your caffeine intake. Maybe a cup of coffee in the morning, um, but I wouldn't do it after that or much more than that. Uh, Coffee does have a six-hour half-life, right? So if you have a cup of coffee at noon, it is still in your system at midnight. So you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success, setting yourself up, your nervous system up to be able to be in that completely calm, regulated state. And you can do that by limiting your caffeine intake. So if stress is keeping you up at night, get really intentional and really purposeful about when you're drinking coffee. And the same is true about alcohol about alcohol. And this is my rule for myself. And this is what I coach my clients. If you want to optimize your nervous system for rest and for sleep, do not drink alcohol within a few hours of bedtime. So if you're going to have a drink, have it before dinner, have it while you're making dinner, but allow yourself to have a few hours between when you have that drink and when you're wanting to go to bed and fall asleep so that your body really has the time to metabolize that alcohol and return you to that that parasympathetic state uh, in your nervous system before you go to sleep. All right, so that's number two. Just be smart about your caffeine and your alcohol intake. Number three, number three thing not to do if stress is keeping you up at night is don't stress it. Don't stress it. Here's the thing. Some of us experience what's called middle sleep, which is this like normal this is normal wake up time. It's just normal for us to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. It's normal for us to wake up at a certain time and need a sip of water or something. But what happens is that when we freak out about it and we dread it and we go to sleep worried about when it's going to happen and it's causing all of this anxiety within us as we're falling asleep, it's stressing us out, then it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. So if this is you, try to reframe your mindset around it. Right. And this is what I was going through. I stopped freaking out when I woke up at 2.30. For the first few weeks, I would get so frustrated. Like I would wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't even have to check what time it is. I already know it's going to be 2.30 on the dot. Right. And I was so mad. And I had already decided that it was going to be a huge struggle for me to go back to sleep. I had already decided that I was going to be stuck staring at the ceiling for hours. I had already decided that my mind was going to be racing and I was going to be wasting this valuable time of rest and that I was going to be exhausted all of the next day. And none of those decisions were serving me well. So now if I wake up in the middle of the night, right, if I have to go to the bathroom, I go to the bathroom. I don't turn on any bright lights. I don't check my phone. I'm just like, all right, here we are again. This is what my body is doing. And I do what I need to do. And I go back, I lay down, I take some deep breaths. I love to do box breathing because when I'm counting my breaths, my inhale, my hold, my exhale, my hold, I then am not allowing those. There's just no space for the swirling thoughts and for me to think about everything that's going on, right? Because I'm focused on my breathing. And sure enough, within a few minutes, I do fall back asleep. So maybe this is something that will help you also. If you're waking up at any point during the night and the stress and the looping thoughts and the worries are keeping you up, don't stress it. Do what you got to do, right? If you got to go to the bathroom, if you got to get a sip of water, like just go ahead and do it 
and then either put on some sort of like soft music or work on some sort of breathing exercise to help your body return back to that parasympathetic state where you can fall back into quality rest. That's number three. And then number four is if you're not falling back asleep and you've been up for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and you know the thoughts are getting the best of you, you're feeling the anxiety build, you're not feeling like you can get back to sleep, you're starting to feel frustrated, do not just lay there. That was my biggest mistake. I, I would just lay there and just get more and more and more upset. Do not just lay there. If you're feeling anxious in the middle of the night, thoughts are racing, you can't seem to quiet your mind, can't seem to shut it off, your body is in a, in a sympathetic stress response, right? It's communicating to you that it is, for whatever reason, perceiving some sort of threat, right? Something's not right. There's some sort of stress. There's something that I've got to prepare for and mobilize and think through. And simply laying there is not sending a signal to your body that you're doing anything about this alert that it's alarming you to. So you can get up, do not look at your phone, don't turn on you know, bright lights, bright sounds, don't go watch TV, but you can get up, you can walk around, you can grab a sip of something to drink, maybe you even just listen to like a meditation and walk around your house, put on some really sleepy music, you can even, um, sometimes I even shake just to like move some of that anxious energy, like I'll just walk around my kitchen and just like shake out my arms, shake out my hands, shake out my legs. And sometimes just moving that anxious energy is enough that after like a minute of shaking, I feel it dissipate and I can just go back to sleep. You can read. Um, again, I would not read on your phone. <laughs> I would not turn on a bright overhead light to read. But man, you can put on a really dim, cozy, warm light you can grab a boring book or something that you've already read a thousand times that isn't going to be increasing your anxiety and interest in keeping you up, but something that's going to help you, right, lull you back to sleep. And then just read. Read read until you feel sleepy. And I promise you, if you do that, you're going to fall asleep more quickly than if you just laid there staring at your ceiling, getting so freaking angry that you're not sleeping. And that's the cycle keeping you up. So let's go through these again. Four things to stop doing if stress, racing thoughts, anxiety is keeping you up at night. Number one, don't just stay in the darkness when you wake up. Make sure you are getting light, especially sunlight, as early as you can in the morning within, you know, a few minutes of waking is best. Number two, you're going to want to make sure that you're limiting your caffeine and your alcohol. So do not drink caffeine late into the day if you notice that's having an impact or if you're struggling with sleep. Do not drink alcohol right before you're going to bed, right? Give yourself some time to really metabolize both of these because they do stress your nervous system. And you want to make sure that in order to uh, facilitate your best sleep, that you are giving your nervous system what it needs to feel safe and, and be able to rest. Number three, if you wake up in the middle of the night, do not stress about it. Don't stress about it. Don't have those stories about everything that's going to happen and allow it to just continue to spiral and make things worse. Accept that it's happening. It's okay. Do what you got to do. If your body needs to go to the bathroom or get something to drink, go ahead and do that. And then return to something that's calming for you and allow your body to fall back asleep. And then number four, 
If you're having a hard time falling back asleep, do not just lay there, right? Your body is in a stress response. Your body is perceiving some sort of threat that it's trying to protect you from. And just leaving there, laying there isn't helpful. So you want to get up again, like we just talked about. Don't look at your phone. Don't, don't turn on bright lights. Don't do anything that's going to be um, counterproductive for you going back to sleep. But, you know, walking around, maybe some movement, gentle movement, um, putting on some dim lights, reading a really boring book, listening to a meditation, listening to calming music, praying, those types of things are actually really helpful in getting you, getting your body, getting your nervous system in a place where it's able to fall back asleep more quickly and then get, you know, the rest of the night's sleep that you're needing. So I'm believing this was helpful for somebody. Sleep is so important. I don't need to tell you guys that, right? If our kids are going to let us sleep, by gosh, I do not want my racing mind to be keeping me awake. Ah, yes. All right. Summer of self-love challenge. Again, just want to invite you for the last time. We start on Monday if you're listening to this live. So don't miss the chance um, to participate. There's already over a hundred of you, I think, in the Facebook group. Um, many more than that registered. So join us. It's going to be awesome. What a great intention and commitment to yourself this summer to spend five days really learning and expanding the ways in which you can love on and care for yourself, my friend. I love you guys so much. Have a great rest of the day. I will talk to you soon. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, They really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.